Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. In this series, His Wondrous Works, this is the second one in this series. I've been thinking about that this week, and, I, and I, I've landed on this idea that worship facilitates this opportunity in this process. 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with unveiled face. And that's significant. You know, Moses would go into the presence of God under the old covenant before God lived on the inside of us. And Moses would become so charged with the presence of God that it, his face would glow. And he would come out and it scared people. You know, it was like, it was, it was too intense for people. But he, he would glow from that contact with the presence of God. So he put a veil over his face until it would fade and then he could look at the people. But this is what it's talking about. We with an unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Not by power, not by might, but by His Spirit. Say, by His Spirit. You know, and, and it's, it's a seed. The Spirit in you works like a seed, right? The seed is designed to do what it's going to do. The seed will grow whatever its genetically, you know, whatever its genetics are to grow. The Spirit is in you like a seed. So what does it look like for the Spirit to grow in you? This is what it looks like. You transform more and more into the image of Christ. More and more into how Christ lived and treated people and flowed in the authority and in the power. Now, here's the thing is that Inwardly, in your spirit, it's a done deal already. It's just like Jesus on the inside there. I'm not saying you're God. You're not going to become a God. But inwardly, your spirit has been perfected. What's, but everything else about you is changing. Everything else about you is being affected by that seed of the spirit that's been planted in you, and it's growing. Do you, do you, do you connect with that idea? Because sometimes I get these pictures and I try to explain it, and it's, I don't know if they translate or not, but, you know, let's say that on the tree of the spirit that's growing on the inside of you, part of its fruit is like how you think. So in other words, apples grow apple trees. The kingdom grows thought processes. The kingdom grows desires. The kingdom grows peace and stability and generosity and care, and love, and patience. The Spirit grows that stuff, and it's trying to grow that stuff on the inside of you. And to the degree that you get into a, a harmony with that and be willing to let it be grown into you, you will display those things outwardly. You know, if you have issues and struggles and sin habits that you need to deal with, then you need to let the Spirit grow in you to the degree that it changes you from the inside out. You're not going to modify your behavior. You're not going to clean your life up by changing external behaviors and then cleaning up the inside. You, the inside is clean to get in agreement to then live it outwardly. 
Now you need to deal with your external behaviors. You know, if you've got dead bad fruit, you need to clean it up so it's quit stinking and attracting flies into your life, right? But to actually live within the freedom so that that dead fruit doesn't keep growing, you need to put on the new man and recognize who and what you are. But it's by the Spirit. It's as you behold Him, you become like Him. And what greater area to behold Him than in worship? And this is just what I want to talk about throughout this Christmas season is the majesty of who He is. Just, just, just not, not trying to learn things, but just trying to see Him as clearly as we can see Him. Because as you behold Him, you become like Him. And that's why it's so powerful in worship. Not just worship here where it's all structured and organized and everything, but, but worship in the day-to-day, worship in the mundane, worship when it's time to do the stuff that you don't like to do, doing it with a grateful heart, with the right attitude, recognizing that people are watching, recognizing that you have the capacity to actually live like Jesus in this earth. And it's not just behavior. It's the way that we affect people, turning people to Him as we behold Him. And worship, what a great place. What a great place to do that. So I, I pray that that connects for you. And I, and I pray that our worship, even in this place, is with the focus of we're, we're in the face of God, speaking directly to Him, and there's no separation. Recognizing who He is, honoring who He is, not, not focused on your issues, not focused on what it is that you need Him to do, but just recognizing who He is. That's worship. Get your, just forget about yourself. And as much as you can, honor and recognize who He is. So in, in light of that, let me just show you. This is pretty fascinating. I, chat GP, I had ChatGPT go to work for me. I know that that might cause you to shiver a little bit, but it did a pretty good job on this one. I asked it to make clear, concise statements from Scripture on who Jesus is. And it, it, it did such a good job, I had it create a hundred of them. And so you might not be able to read those. I will post those so that you can read them. But look, there's, these are all different slides of who he is. And it put the scripture at the end of them. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to train the chat GPT antichrist beast system to proclaim the gospel of Christ. <laughs> Amen is what we're going to do. But if you can't read this, let me read just a few of these to you. And so just, you know, just kind of for the rest of this, I just want to be mindful of who he is. And again, I'll post it. We'll put them on the church blog, forward.church. Go to the, uh, I think it's called blog. We can send it out in an email, uh, whatever. But it's Jesus is the word of God incarnate. Now, I'm, I'm not going to read all the scriptures, but let's just... Uh, Let's just read through some of these. And, and so remember, this is what we're doing, right? With an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. To me, this is the glory of the Lord. Let me just, I'll just, a little bit of, little bit of learning here. Glory, 
is the Greek word doxa, D-O-X-A, doxa. Glory does mean brightness and splendor and majesty and all these amazing things, but one of the main definitions of glory is view and opinion. So the glory of God is the view and opinion of God. And so when Jesus would pray for someone and the glory of God would manifest, in other words, they'd be healed, God's view and opinion would be established. So God's view and opinion of laying hands on a sick person is that sick person becomes well. So God's view and opinion is sickness becomes health. Sickness becomes life. And that's a glorious thing. God is glorified. The way God sees it, His opinion about it, is what's manifest. And this is what we do. We behold His opinion of what it means to be human. We change our... That's, this is what repentance is. To lay down your thinking, your behaviors, your choices, how you see things, how you behave, all that. You lay aside that stuff and you put on, this is who I am in Christ. And I do it by beholding Him. You don't do it in your own strength. In other words, it being transformation, you becoming more like Him. It's like the, the, the nature of encountering the unveiled presence of God is that it changes you. Like the effect of it is that it changes you. If, if, if God could just kind of flick His fingers and some droplets of glory flicked out of heaven and hit you as it touched you, it just changes you makes you more like Him. Because in spirit you already are, but everything else starts to transform and become. We know it's, we know it's so, you know, this is almost kind of a companion series to the Thought Life series because Romans 12, 2 says we, uh, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. This says we're transformed as we behold Him. Beholding Him helps you renew your mind. So that's just, the, you know, a couple more messages. I just want to stick on this. We're being transformed into the same image. Some of us have some traditional teaching in our, in our backgrounds that we have to dismantle that kind of stuff because, yes, this is saying, as you behold Him, you become like Him. Jesus is God's idea of human beings. Jesus was God, but, Jesus, but God became flesh. Jesus showed us God's idea of what it looks like, the potential of humanity, let's say that. Jesus is the potential of humanity. Jesus isn't the bar that you got to try to live up to. Jesus is the example. It's like, okay, this is me, God. I'm going to show you what humanity could look like. That's Jesus. Perfection. Incredible, right? And what did He do? I mean, he had a will separate from God's. We see in the garden, uh, Garden of Gethsemane, before he laid his life down and allowed himself to be arrested, he said, God, please take this cup from me. Three times he prayed. What did he say? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. I'm not saying he wasn't God. I'm just saying for a period of time, he was limited in all ways like we are, yet without sin, tempted in everything. Jesus is, what, is God's idea of what humanity can be like. And we will be that one day. Amen? When that final enemy, death, is defeated and we get these glorified bodies and immortality or, or uh, mortality puts on immortality, that's coming. But we can experience 
emanations and manifestations of that as we behold Him. We, as we behold Him, we become like Him. So this is what we do. We behold Him. Is that? Can you read that at all? If you can't read it, look on the back too. You may be closer to the back back there. But Susan, would you come play? Let's just put a little bit of, we'll set the mood. Jesus. You can go ahead and unmute the keys there to get her. Yeah, I know he's looking. It's like, but this is early. We're getting out of here early. Jesus is the Word of God incarnate. Now, again, I want. here's what I want to do as we walk through some of these. It's not that you're trying to learn as much as it is. You're just harmonizing. This is who Jesus is. As I behold Him, I become like Him. I've got some issues going on in my life, but there's a promise that as I engage His Spirit, I become like Him. Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I pray that as we put this out there and you use this tool as a resource for mind renewal, that you, you go through it slowly and you personalize each reality. There's a hundred of them and there's probably more, so take your time with it. But, we, but we, what does it mean? What does this one mean to me? Not what do I need to do? What do I need to learn out of it? But do I actually, do, is it a reality? Is, is this a reality to me, right? So when I read this element about Jesus, is this real to me? Is this something that holds weight with inside of me? Do I connect with this element of who he is? Does that make sense? So he holds the keys to death and the grave. Jesus will come back. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. What does that make you think about? It makes me think about Ephesians 1, where the big idea that's revealed is that God's bringing all things together in heaven and earth in Christ, the goal of restoration. And you don't have to be scared of the devil. The devil ain't got nothing on you because Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. You know, God gave authority to mankind over earth. Jesus had authority in heaven. Jesus, or the word of God, had authority in heaven. And the human being, Jesus, manifesting bridged the authority of heaven and earth in Christ. So that mankind can have the same authority as the Son of God in heaven and in earth. Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature. He is the perfect representation of the invisible God. This one's powerful. Jesus is the heir of all things. Hebrews 1-2. Just think about that for a minute. Jesus is the heir of all things. When you, when you hear heir, what do you think of? Say that again. 
wills and estates. It's true. God deliberately took the time to draft a will to leave you an inheritance. Well, somebody said something over here. Heir. Inheritance. When you think of heir, this passage, that Jesus is the heir of all things, what do you think of? I'm looking for one specific. It's not the exact right answer. But wealth. Child. What else? What does it make you think of? All these are good. Legacy. Receiving. Throne. Kingdom. Rightful honor. Rightful owner. I also, all that stuff, I also think of that we are joint heirs. He's made us sons. And if sons, then we're heirs. And if heirs, we're joint heirs. Are you kidding me? We are joint heirs with Jesus? What passage is that? What am I thinking of? He's made us sons. Since sons, we're heirs. And since we're heirs, not just heirs, you don't just get a little bit of the inheritance. You know, how wills work. Uh, you get this, you get that, you get this, you get that. What do you think Jesus got? And then we are joint heirs. We get the same thing Jesus gets. Are you kidding me? Man, we think limited. We have limited thinking. You know, this is such a powerful... This is also why it's helpful to know the Word of God because as you go through these, it starts to be personalized and built into your thinking and your expectations of, man, if this is who He is, and if I am being trans... If it, it, God determined ahead of time the way to be saved and that part of the benefit of salvation is that those who received Him would be made like Him, transformed into His image. Romans 8.17, there we go. Romans 8.17 is that we are heirs, we are sons, and if sons, we're heirs, and if heirs, joint heirs. He's the bread of life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the good shepherd. How many of you need a shepherd? That's page one. Mark 2, 12, Jesus is the one who forgives sins. He's the living water. He's the light that darkness cannot overcome. And He's in you. Darkness cannot overcome the light in you. He's the man of sorrows acquainted with grief from Isaiah 53 because of what he bore for us. He's the bridegroom. He's our advocate with the Father. He's the lamb without blemish. He's the head of the church. This one's interesting to me, Isaiah 9, 6. He's the everlasting Father. You want to try to understand the Trinity, look at these passages of prophesying the identity of the Son. 
Sometimes, you know, Islam, when you get into these types of debates, Islamists will try to say that you're a polygamist because you worship three gods. And it's like, no, you just don't understand Trinity. This right here, he's the everlasting father. He's the Holy One of God. Jesus is the carpenter, the son of Mary. Man, thank you, Jesus. I just, I just started thinking about John the Baptist in his mother's womb recognized Jesus in his mother's womb. Tell me when life starts. Think about that, honestly. If you got one foot in the other, one foot in one camp, one foot in the other on the abortion issue, because maybe it's not a life, is a life. John the Baptist, in his mother's womb, leapt in the presence of Jesus in his mother's womb. I'm not trying to make a statement, I'm just saying. Let the Word of God inform you. Amen. You want to know how to think about things? The Bible will speak to it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for illuminating who you are to us. And we, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for this engine of transformation that's inside of us working. The Spirit of God giving and bringing life, shaping and molding us, and we say yes to you. I don't want to limit you. I don't, I don't want to stay stuck in sin. I don't want to misuse my finances. I don't want to mistreat people. I don't want to misspeak. I don't want to do anything dishonoring of the salvation, not because I'm worried about upsetting you or being judged by you, but because I don't want to, I don't want to block or constrict your spirit from working on the inside of me and then bearing fruit in my life and then moving through me to be a blessing to others. Even in this moment, as we just clarify and we look at you, Jesus, we're becoming like you. And I would even say this is, this is a way to pray. Wherever you have need in your life, look to Jesus in his completeness and see him as victorious in that area. you have a lack and a deficiency, a need, see Jesus as victorious in that area. Does he struggle with this? Does he struggle with that? And then see him looking at you with acceptance, being mindful of this, that you become like him as you behold him. Jesus, we worship you. We praise your name, Lord. Be lifted up in this place. kind of centering all of this around Psalm 145 verses 3 through 
through just a few verses here. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. I will meditate on your wondrous works and I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I just see lifting out of scripture all the areas that define the identity of Christ. That's what we're doing. Meditating on his glorious splendor. You know, you don't have to, you don't, you don't, you don't even really need answers. You don't need that missing information. It's like Paul prayed for God to remove the thorn from his side. And contextually, most likely, that was talking about a group of people, not a physical illness. And he had the Pharisees coming, he had the lawyers, the law coming to test him, he had demon-possessed women coming and screaming out, following him around, probably demon-possessed men too. We'll let them get in on the fun. And that's what he was praying. Get these people out of my life. God said, nope, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, my power working in you is what you need to overcome this situation. You don't need God to show up and magically do something. You need to experience the grace of God working in your heart. To me, that's what this is talking about. That, that is the active effect of grace you become like him as you behold him. That's the job of grace. That's the, that's the effect of grace working in you. The seed becoming effective in your life, growing to fruition. And it's as we behold him. So let's just pray. And I just want you to use your imagination a little bit and recognize that Jesus is in this place. He's here because you're here. But He is King, the Lord of glory, the preeminent one, the one through which all things were made by Him, for Him, and through Him. He's the Lord of glory. He's our salvation. He's my righteousness. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We trust you. We recognize that you're with us and that you're for us. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We praise your name, Lord. Just stand up and do that a little bit, Chris, if you would. His name is Jesus, and we'll worship our way out of here. If you need prayer for anything at all, <clears throat> our prayer team will be over on the side over here. And you can make your way up and pray as we close out in worship, but just, just a little bit longer. Did you have another song prepared or? You go, just lead us a little bit here. Let's just, just for a couple more minutes, we'll just worship. You know, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to force anything and I want to fabricate anything, but I, but I do want us to intentionalize worship in our lives. It doesn't have to be all emotional and you have visions and all that. It can just be, you are respectfully recognizing Jesus as Lord and King in your life to whatever way you experience that.
And we, and as we do that, we become more like him. And the fruits of his spirit just naturally grow into our lives as we worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said you must be born again to enter into his kingdom. He's done everything to provide eternal life for you, and you only receive it by grace through faith. And we want to help you be sure in your salvation. You know, maybe you're new to Christianity. Maybe you're discovering things about God for the first time in your life, and you don't really know what it's all about. I've been there, trust me. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I didn't know anything about God when I got born again and tried to approach the Bible, and it didn't make sense to me. So we want to help you. If you go to forward.church and click on Who is Jesus, we have a simple article on there that explains salvation, everything he did for you, how to begin to read the Bible and start to live a Christian life and incorporate his principles and how to engage the Holy Spirit for empowerment. You know, his grace wants to transform you. His love wants to make you whole. And we want to help you. If you've made the decision to be born again today for the first time, or maybe even a recommitment, and you're just not even sure what to do, how to approach the Bible, reach out to us. Email us at info at forward.church or call our office 770-828-5826. Go to our website, find the article on who is Jesus, and get started. He loves you. He's for you. He will lead you and guide you, and we want to help you. If you'd like to give today, you can give directly at our website, forward.church/give, or you can text any gift amount to 84321. Thank you so much for your generosity. Would you like to stay connected with us? Then visit forward.church/connect and click online guest. You'll receive texts and emails with links to free resources and notifications when we're going live on Facebook and YouTube. You are invited to join our Facebook group where you can interact with our pastors and our local and online church members. Visit forward.church and click online community under the ministries tab or go to facebook.com slash group slash forwardchurch. Thanks for watching today. I hope you got something helpful out of this message that you can apply to your life. If you did and you like what you heard, we have hundreds of free resources available online at forward.church or on my blog at clintbyers.com. We also have a church YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel. We have SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it, we have it out there. Go like and subscribe to our social media platforms and share those. You know, it's, it's really an opportunity for evangelism to get these materials out online and you can help us. I would ask you to consider supporting Forward Church financially, but then you can also be a great help by going to these social media platforms, follow the accounts, like and subscribe to the videos that will drive up our viewership and we will reach more people together. Thanks again for watching. Be sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss out on any of our new content.
We invite you to make the journey. Experience transformation from the heart through our free discipleship resources available at forward.church slash the journey. There you'll find free online courses, recommended reading, and other resources. For tons of free messages and other great resources, go to clintbyers.com.